Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Wednesday morning. You know, Key says I like the numbers so much. So, Key, here's some for you right off the start. Beautiful orange-yellow hue this morning over the Brooklyn Bridge. James Harden gave the Rockets. Key stepping back like hard. You didn't kick the leg out, though, with two seconds to go on the Man, shot clock and kick me in the good. face. I just like, <laughs> when I watch highlights, I get hyped. Because, you know, you even though I know what he is and how great he is, but when you see it, like when you see stuff, like when you go back and you watch a Kobe or you watch Michael Jordan, it's like you forget. And then when you see something, it's like, damn. And it's just watching Harden in the Houston uniform, not Harden in the Dunkin' Donuts Houston uniform, but when he was a different Harden for those nine games that he played this year or last year. Um, you, you look at him, man, and his skill set. It's just like crazy. Something Here's what's crazy about you. How tall are you? 6'4". How much you weigh? Don't worry about all that. No, no, no. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> no, he, he's, I'm two with some change. Okay. He's 6'5", 220. Yeah. So he's a little bit taller than you moving like that. That's a – it's not like you, – you see guards move like that. You're like, okay, cool. Like, what's Kyrie? 6'2"? You know, what's Russell? 6'3", 6'4"? Like, maybe – like, this dude's 6'5", man, moving like that. Like, that's a big body hitting you every single time. No, it ain't, it's not even – it's not – it's just – I don't know. He just smooth with it. Yeah, smooth, yeah. It's smooth with it, and he just like, Fluid. no matter what, you can't do anything. Like, uh, uh, uh. uh it's like, oh, my me. goodness. Buckets. So let's set the scene. The numbers I was going to mention, he gave the Rockets three scoring titles. He took him to the Western Conference Finals twice, and, of course, one big divorce. But they're getting back together tonight, Nets. Rockets in Houston. Harden's return ESPN 730 Eastern, part of a double dip. Golden State Portland will follow that. A win. The Nets will go to the All-Star break at 24 and 13. Winners of 10 of their last 11. If you're wondering, Hmm. James Harden here real quick in 10 seconds, getting it out pretty quick. He just wanted to make sure people knew on the reaction he hopes to get this evening. I hope I'm receiving love. The love and the appreciation that I, I've given to that city, that I still give to that city, um, you know, I hope hoping that the, the, the favor can be returned. And speaking of return, he is returning, and he's returning a hero in a couple of different ways, and that's where I want to start with you this morning. His 13 restaurant, of course, named after his jersey, has helped out. They provided a ton of meals and some water after the Texas deep freeze. So even though he's left, he's returned, and he's still trying to do some things in the community. But, Jay, I'll start with you here. Tillman Fertitta, the Rockets owner, made some waves yesterday when he came out and said eventually the franchise, despite all the acrimony, is going to retire James Harden's jersey. Probably going to happen a little bit later this season. Timing seems interesting. Nets on fire. Tillman's Rockets have lost 12 in a row. There was that one time when the Rockets, I think, won six in a row. Everybody's like, oh, look, they're better without James Harden. You're like, calm down. Let's calm down for a second. Um, I I do not want fans to boo James Harden tonight. I don't want it to happen. Um, A lot of people say, well, the way he forced his way out was just non-professional. And Let's go back and let's provide a little history on how we even got to this point. A guy who, since he's been there, Key, has taken him to the playoffs every single year. Yeah. Every single year. His first year averaging 25 points per game. I mean, we won't even get into the things he's done for the community, but this past year when he decided to leave, okay, the GM that made the trade for him to come from OKC, he all of a sudden decided to step down, quote-unquote, which means you know what that means. He was, he was pushed out. Durham Morley. Pushed, Durham Morley pushed out. Your head coach, Mike D'Antoni, that created the style in which you play, that you had a great bond with, 
They didn't give him extension. All of a sudden, he's gone. Russell Westbrook, all of a sudden, that relationship, that festers, rumors from the media, they don't get along, but now they're moving him, and they're making all these changes without consulting James Harden, the guy that they're building the whole franchise on, right? So now all of a sudden, he wants to leave, and he goes to Brooklyn where he's part of a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving where they're winning. I just, he's given this franchise everything he could, Key. I just, I want him to get the praise that he deserves when he comes back home to a city that he's always put on. Just Tillman Fertitta and company decided to make all these changes, and that's the way Tillman Fertitta is pretty much saying, hey, look, we made mistakes, but we love you, James. That's why we're announcing that we're actually going to retire your jersey. If they boo him, they boo him, though. That's just a sign of respect as far as I'm concerned. You boo him. Boo. Boo. Whatever, whatever it is, that's just a sign of respect. I don't think that they will, though, um, because if you have any sense and you understand anything about professional sports, much like you just went through a timeline, uh, Jay Will, there's the timeline that's right there. So you you understand why he decided to leave Houston. So you really shouldn't be mad at it because you have to put yourself in his shoes. I know, you know, you look at it and you think he turned down our city, our state. He doesn't want to play for us anymore. He, it's not that. It's that he wants to move on from an organization that, quite frankly, didn't figure it out. They had an opportunity. What were they, one game away from beating the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, they were up 3-1. And so – Ever since then, it's kind of been downhill for him. And now as a professional athlete, you want to hit the reset button and you decide that going to Brooklyn gives you a, a better opportunity for that ultimate goal at the end of the day, which is to win a championship. And come on, man, you're trying to win a chip, Key. You just said it. You're trying to win a chip. You're going to bring in the first-year head coach. When I'm trying to win a chip and I've been here, I've been so close so many times. You're just going to give me a new GM, even though Raphael Stone has been in the building. Guy I had no say over who was going to be involved or not. I needed a say. Just let we talk about this with Deshaun Watson. Just hear my voice. Just hear my opinion. I'm not saying you need to listen to it. Factor it into the equation or at least act like you're doing. Well, so. yeah. And even even if uh, you you look at it from the standpoint of James Harden or from the standpoint of Houston, if you are interviewing certain guys, you always want your star players to have some sort of participation. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you have to have them sign off on the hire, but at least communicate with them so that they know what's going on, that they're not blindsided, Zubin, or and all of a sudden they say to themselves, well, you brought this dude in the building. I may not even have a relationship with him, and you're going to try to force me to have a relationship with him. When you could have simply hired Van Gundy – or maybe that would have helped mm-hmm. you keep Harden, but for whatever reason, you couldn't get that deal done. And don't get it twisted. P.J. Tucker does not want to be there. He does not want to be in Houston. And it's funny with the Brooklyn Nets coming in town, it's, uh, you think about all the best fits for P.J. Tucker and what team he would want to go to, he's going to want to go to Brooklyn. But it's sweet, though, that they're going to retire his jersey at some point. I mean, he's done, a lot. He's, he's done a lot for them. I know he didn't bring him a title, but he's got to be – what do you got? You got Clyde Drexler. You got obviously the Dream. Yep. Kareem. I'm Kareem. Dream. Olajuwon. Yep. Who else? I got the others. Go yeah. ahead. Who, give him. Give, no, give me give one. Up, yeah. Calvin Murphy. I was about to say Calvin, Calvin Murphy. Murphy. I was going to say Calvin Murphy. Fo fo fo, but with a different team. Moses. Malone. Yeah, Moses Malone. Rudy Tomjanovich. Mm. Clyde Drexler. You said 
Yao Ming, of course. Oh, Yao Ming. And the initials of longtime assistant coach and executive Carol Dawson a lot of times. Obviously, he doesn't have a number, so they retired C.D. And obviously, J.H. will join soon. That's your entire how list long, of Rockets. How long did Moses play in uh, Houston? How long was that? Well, I'll find I'm out. I'm not sure. It was maybe I'm four not years. I'm in all the time of the four, game. Four years, I think. Was I think it? it was four years in Houston. Well, four would be appropriate with him. Right? Yeah. Four, 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 four. four. <laughs> but but you, look at, you look at some of the great basketball players that played for the Rockets, you have to put James Harden oh. in there. So, yeah, of course you, of course you, you know. Uh, him and AI are the most innovational one-on-one players in the history of the game. They, six cha- they changed the game. Sorry, six years in Houston. Six, six. Just wanted to throw Two it off. Six years in Houston. On the way. So that'll be a reunion tonight. Again, ESPN, Nets, and the Rockets, 730 Eastern, Blazers, and the Warriors to follow. On the way, he's coaching tonight. It's maybe the game of the night in college basketball. He's got a top 15 team. Everything is rolling. They're making the tournament selection Sunday less than two weeks away. But this coach and this team have a huge problem. That's on the way after one of the fellas has this from Granger. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to figure out how to operate Jay's computer real quick as soon as he gets over here Go ahead. to Start help reading. me. Start reading. For all- no, I got it under control. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches, plus their commitment to being your safety partner and can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. What do you think? Pretty nice, pretty nice pretty morning. Nice, man, that looks great. That's what that's what New York is all about. Like that is such a famous iconic bridge that you just you know it when you see it. Brooklyn Bridge, baby. Indeed. We need Indeed. To- <laughs> Not the sponsorship, just the word. Although we do love the sponsor of Indeed. I don't think you fellows are going to love this next story. It's getting a lot of traction here for oh, all of the boy. wrong Reasons. Here we go. Let's just take a deep breath and do it. Big college basketball slate tonight. Not as big as last night, but tonight there is a top 15 matchup between Creighton and Villanova. Creighton's head coach Greg McDermott has done, by all measure, a great job since taking over the Blue Jays. His son was one of the all-time great players of the last 25 years and played for his dad 
at Creighton, Greg McDermott has a sterling reputation, but it may be taking a little bit of a turn. Selection Sunday is less than two weeks away, and Creighton is certainly going to be in the field. But this morning, he is fielding some questions about some comments that he made. This is essentially what he said following a loss to Xavier last Saturday. This is McDermott telling the team, quote, guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. McDermott did say he, quote, immediately after saying those words, immediately recognized my egregious mistake and quickly addressed my use of such insensitive words with my team. The university put out a statement saying that their basketball coach used a term that was, quote, deplorable. And if you're wondering for one member of the team, not a player, but one member of the team, Terrence Rencher, who is a black assistant coach, said he was, quote, deeply hurt by McDermott's Word. So that is the situation as they prepare for a huge game tonight. But I would imagine, Jay, uh, not a lot of focus tonight on the game, but on these comments that prior to, in my opinion, yesterday, uh, he had a great reputation. Great re- reputation. I- I've known Greg McDermott for a very long time. I've had nothing but respect for him. I reached out to him as soon as I saw the comments because I wanted to hear his side of the story. Um, I thought our relationship deserved that. Uh, but I, I'm severely disappointed. And I'm just going to give you guys my, my real reaction in real time, Key. So I, I see the comment, I'm reading it, and I'm thinking to myself, I've never heard an analogy like that before. Never in my life. You know, keep both feet on the plantation. I've heard get off the reservation, even to that, even to that degree. That's troubling, right, in uh, this climate that we live in. And when I heard that, I just I was like, man. And I start thinking about, you know, Denzel Mahoney, Damian Jefferson, Christian Bishop. These are guys that are top players on their team that are African-American players. Right. And um, so I started reaching out to people. I'm going to tell you guys from one of my sources inside. I heard that one of, some of the players want to boycott. Wow. They're not sure they want to play. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. And it puts them in a very uncomfortable situation to now make these type of decisions. And I know we live in a cancel culture world. Um, I think that goes too far sometimes. <sighs> I don't know what to do here, Key, because like, I would be beside myself on something like this. If he doesn't have this long history of doing good things, I just I think that when something like this happens, I'm like, okay, you said something like this before. In order for you to reference this analogy, it just doesn't come out of thin air, does it? I, I don't know. There has to be some kind of history of you saying something like this. Um, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words for this story. I'm angry. I've lost respect, but I do respect him at the same time. I don't know how to handle this for Greg McDermott. I don't. You, you look at it and you just said that you don't know how to handle it. No, you know how to handle it. You just don't want to handle it the way you want to. Because you had had you have had respect for him because you covered college basketball and you've been knowing him for a very long time. But it's unacceptable as you Agreed. Know. Yes, agreed. I agree. There's certain things it has nothing to do with cancer culture. It has something to do with understanding and he didn't understand what he was doing. He didn't understand at that moment. He understood the word. He knows what the word is. He's used it before. But he didn't understand that the reaction was going to be the way that it is, especially from his assistant coaches. We go through this every single year. We go through it every year with somebody 
on a coaching staff or somebody in the facility that says something that they've said with their friends before. You use the word plantation. You know what the plantation was. You, 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 you clearly do. And you treat your program and you look at the individuals in the program like they on a damn plantation. That's why you said it. That's why you said it. That's when you think back to the late Bob McNair, the owner of Houston, Texas, when he said what he said about the inmates running the asylum. He's used that before. Mm-hmm. That's not an excuse. It's not, it's not an excuse. And I've had this conversation with both of you when we had our conversations, when we have our conversations off air, prior to this even coming, even coming to surface or even at all, months and Sundays ago. We was talking, and I told y'all once upon a time when I was a player in the National Football League, and I'm sitting down watching film in our film room with our offensive team, and our coach referred to a player who happened to be a black player as an aggressive gorilla, and I walked up and I left. Have I not told y'all that story? You did. Many times? Over? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you've used that before. You used that before. And so it's like, you know, if they get rid of him, get rid of him. If he resign, resign. I really don't care. I can't respect him. And every time that I see him, if I ever see him, I'm going to look at him sideways and different. Greg McDermott is a great coach. I'm not sure in today's climate you can bounce back from something like this. Especially if the – I think you can in time, but if the players decide to boycott – if they decide to draw a line in the sand, which I'm okay with them drawing a line in the sand, if that's yeah, how they feel. Absolutely. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. I don't know if Greg McDermott bounces back from that at Creighton. Maybe somewhere else in time, I'm not sure at Creighton but if I the players decide to do that. But I don't even want to play for people like that. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't, wanna, it, it, it hurts, I don't even want to play for that. It hurts the optics of your university by keeping a guy like that on board, even as you move forward. Because it will, you know how this world is recruiting key? People try oh, yeah, to use everything over. against you. Oh, it's over, though. Everything against you. Why would you want to go play for him? And by the way, there's going to be so many alternatives over the next couple of days that are going to pan out about optionality for kids and what they want to do. You need your best selling points to bring top-tier talent to the university like that. And um, it's not, not going to be good for them moving forward. It's not an easy cleanup. It's, no, not, it's a, not. It's not a slip of the tongue. It's comfort. It's I'm comfortable getting up here in speaking to my team this way because I've done this somewhere in my life before and probably multiple times. Last couple things here to follow up on your slip of the tongue comment. Uh, we mentioned this during the break. Man. John Beeline had his uh, one-half-year disastrous run with the Cleveland Cavs. The whole situation came to a head when during a film session, he accidentally, in his words, called the fellas because of their lack of effort on the floor. He wanted to say, you guys are moving around like slugs. And he accidentally said, you're moving around like thugs. But to Key's point, I could see that being a slip of the tongue. This is not that. But he's he's called people thugs before. I understand. But I'm just saying, if you give the benefit of the doubt and he literally just slipped one letter, there is something. Last couple things I would say, McDermott is now in his 20th year as a head coach. He spent more than half that time in Creighton. And one thing people don't understand because there's not a lot of fans right now, Jay knows this as well as anybody, this is very underrated. Creighton almost always leads leads America in attendance. 
They have a 20,000 seat arena, 20,000, even NBA size arena in Omaha, Nebraska that they fill to the gills every single year when there are fans. So when fans do come back, this is going to be something because this program is supported like few are in America. And if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, you can't allow this. You, you, you can't allow this. You can't, oh, you can't allow it anywhere. There, you can't. Again, tonight, they'll take on Villanova. We'll see what Coach says post-game. I'm sure he'll be asked about it yet again. On the way, there has been plenty of talk about making Kobe Bryant the NBA logo. Kyrie Irving broached it. Vanessa Bryant endorsed it. But we've got a new twist on a shield. And that's after Jay has this from Straight Talk. That was some straight talk. It's time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year. But you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, you know what to do. Just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks. Did you hear that? 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense and tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're going to see Key walking across the pool with a martini, just with olives, like, mm-hmm, just floating. Mm-hmm. No diving in Key's pools. No, you can. You can dive in. I would you just, you got to dive that, like that. You're on six, an angle. If I was 6'4". Yeah. 45 degree angle. 6'4", <laughs> guys, should not dive into a six-foot pool. Well, <laughs> you, go, you dive down, you're going to hit your head. But right. if you go outward, you're, you're fine. You just said you can't swim. I would, would you trust I, yourself in that scenario? I, I can swim good enough to get from one side to the next. Now... The thing is, if I can't touch the bottom, no go. So how I got to be able to touch the bottom. How the hell you be going on jet skis? You in the ocean. But I got the life jacket on, the people around. <laughs> so they feel, can get okay. to me. Yeah, I feel cool. <laughs> I, throw this I'm man like, a raft. Man, I, I've been on vacation. Like I went to, to years ago, I went to, to uh, Bora Bora, and I went underwater scuba diving. We got the helmet on, and you can walk, you know, and then you get all around the fishies and everything come around. <laughs> but I got professional people that know what they're doing, so I feel safe. I'm not doing it by my damn self. No. Nope. Not going to. No. I can't swim, but you're trying to go scuba diving. I can't. It's only, only, this is a keyism. But this I'm is with, a keyism. I'm with professional people that I trust. I got the oxygen coming into the helmet, and I'm good. I feel good. And, I'm, and I, you know, I'm only, I think it's like about 15 feet down into the ocean, and I got dudes that's been doing this. This is what they're trained to do. So I feel good. I'm okay. I'm fine. I can't with you. I'm not getting into an Olympic-sized pool or nothing like that. No. No, not at all. Jacuzzi or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit there. You don't have to make your Yeah. Look, yeah. man, when we go on vacation, you don't have to worry about me 
looking for the deep end of the pool. Don't even worry about Zubin, it. Zubin, are you a jacuzzi guy? Kitty pool. Do you like the jacuzzis, Zubin? No, I do like to swim, though. Okay. It's an unbelievable foot, because that's the one thing a lot of, a lot of times. I don't like the ocean <laughs> like that, though. Wait, Kia, I'm asking Zubin a question. Well, here's the thing. You during like the, to swim? During the pandemic, um, that's one of the places that people wanted to stay away from the most, right? Because public pools and all of that, especially in the summer, you got to remember the pandemic started in March, April, May, June, July, and everybody's wants It's hot all over the country, and people want to go into pools. It's something that you've been doing for years and years, whether it's your community pool, rec center. And that was one of the very first things they said absolutely positively stay away from but you went there but but when i went when i went <laughs> like when i do most things nobody else does them yeah right nobody else does them. That's fair. That's so you've fair. got the it's socially distant in the pool Key, what color what color um floaties you want i'm gonna give them to you Man, i'm not wearing a floaty why not you secure with yourself no, I'm not winning the floaties. When, not, when, the Nets, when the Nets win the world championship, I'm going to bring some floaties in for you. I don't need floaties <laughs> because I'm not going into, uh, again, before we move on. I just on. want you to wear them walking around the South Street Seaport. <laughs> if I'm going in a pool, I'm going to touch the bottom. Otherwise, I'm holding on to the side <laughs> as I get to the deep end. <laughs> Come back down. <laughs> Why you ain't get to the toes? <laughs> Go ahead, Zubin. Sorry. Lifeguard. Always lifeguard on duty. Always lifeguard. <laughs> Got to be on duty. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk (laughs) Wireless. There are some people that think the right thing to do um, right now with regards to duty and the way that Kobe Bryant is going to be remembered here just a year after his passing would be, and this was broached by Kyrie Irving and endorsed by his widow, uh, Vanessa Bryant, to possibly change the NBA logo from Jerry West, who probably was important as important to anybody as Kobe's career. If you talk about it, there's been a lot of talk about swapping in and swapping out. But you think about the relationship that Jerry West had with Kobe Bryant, it makes it another, it takes it to another level, I would say. So there's been some talk about maybe Kobe replacing the quote unquote logo as the NBA logo. So we decided to put a spin on it because while the NBA obviously is huge and this is a big issue, there's nothing bigger in the country than the NFL. So we tried to put a little spin on it. If the NFL decided to use a player as their logo instead of the shield, a la if they went Jerry West, picked a player in their 101-year history, the question is who would that player be? And one of the first responses we got, guys, help me figure this one out. Josh Napier is going with Gretzky. A what? Yes, NHL, we're asking NFL. <laughs> but I, in, his, in Josh's defense, indeed, if it was NHL, it would be Gretzky. <laughs> it's early. It's early yeah, for Josh, yeah. yeah. He's probably coming back And clearly, he hasn't really watched our show or listened to our show much because he would know that we talk about the NHL about five minutes a year. So, And that's only when I deal with it in the playoffs. Right. Let's run through some of the ones that are, you know – Fun, facetious, serious. Tim, put three out there. Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Tom Brady. Dave, this would be a funny, uh, the hair flowing logo, Troy Palomalu. <laughs> yeah. Like a different logo. The hair logo. Uh, Randy, Vince Lombardi. I mean, the Lombardi trophy is named after him. That's what everybody's going okay. for. Uh, Chef Kev, frequent contributor. Uh, Walter, Jerry, Payton. I would assume that mm. would be Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, uh, and Walter Payton again. Uh, Todd Adams, 83. Barry Sanders. That would be cool. Maybe a little sweet feet on the logo. That would be kind of neat. Uh, those are just some opportunities. MD Gray, 3. John Riggins. Who do you guys think? Antonio wants to weigh in and say, by the way, the shield is just fine the way that it is. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> the shield. It, it would be Jim Brown for me. I, I think everything that he embodied as a player, what he stood for in, in the social and just and, and early on now, we talking, we wasn't even thought of mm-hmm. all, all of those sort of things. And from an iconic standpoint, 
he's larger than life, man. Really, in the football world. I mean, Jim Brown, for, for us that didn't get a chance to see him play, it, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling just who he is. Like, you mentioned Jim Brown, and people just go, oh, man. And I'm talking about the older group of people, people that have seen him play. I remember working with Tom Jackson at ESPN, and Tom just used to tell me stories about Jim Brown being the baddest dude going, not only on the field. Man, I was in movies, man, movie star. I mean, just everything around, it just makes sense. If you're going to do anybody, it's Jim Brown. I know the, 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 probably the majority of people was thinking Tom Brady Tom because Brady, of yeah. the recency. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. It's like, no, nah, man, Jim Brown. <laughs> I wish what was able to be done for Michael Jordan in the last dance could be done for Jim Brown so kids can see how special of a talent he was on and off the field. Has there been – I'm sure there's been stuff done on him, but not to the degree like the last days. Yeah, it's probably right? some it's probably some documentaries that's out there, um, for sure, because he's been he's been a part of the NFL, you know, the NFL and in sports world forever. I mean, for years, since the sixties. And even when he was at college at Syracuse and just everything that he was able to accomplish and do, Zubin. And you just talk about the 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 gang gang reform in Los Angeles across the country that he was involved in trying to get kids and mentoring people. Um, just a different uh, – uh, that's a different one, right, for a lot of people. I think a lot of people look at that that doesn't understand his career, don't know anything about him, and saying, nah, he's too old, he's he's out you know, he's out of touch with reality. All. No, man, uh-uh, no, he's not. Think about mm. the summit, man. Think about that picture. No, yeah. Man, Think I'm about the iconic just Jim Brown. Jim Brown would be it. I'm with you on Jim Brown, but part of one of the, the the part of one of the longest running franchises in the in the Cleveland Browns. I mean, just make all the sense in the world to me. I love Jim Brown. I think it's harder and harder to deny Tom Brady with the way that he's been winning at the clip that he just. I mean, you can call it recency bias, fine. Um, but him winning a championship with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the fact that he got drafted 199th. You know, to turn out to be one of the greatest players we've ever seen, if not the GOAT, the greatest player of all time, seven Super Bowl championships. Zubin, it's um, Tom Brady's building this legacy at the quarterback position, how we're enamored with the quarterback position. I know you got that smirk in your face, Key. I'm just, it's um, Tom Brady has to be in the conversation too. Yeah, here's what I would say before we hit Told the phone you, lines. I said, Tom. I know, I know I, you I, said Tom. I know I, you said Tom. I, I knew what everybody I know, was gonna say. I know gonna, you're hiring Jim Brown. Gonna gonna count, I like Jim Brown too. They gonna count the rings, mm-hmm. the rings, because that's the how rings, we measure champ, That's how we measure success. In Jerry West the is the society. logo, and Jerry West got one championship in how many years? In but that's the old guard logo, though. I like just, I still respect it, though. But we're talking about a logo. Yeah. And, I, but but the reason we even having this conversation zooming about. The logo is because of Jerry West and because of Kobe Bryant. And so we switched it to football, and the first thing that everybody's going to start thinking about is Tom Brady Brady because of the rings. And so when you look at it, I don't think the rings matter to me, and I'm sure it doesn't matter to most people. It's how iconic this individual. I I think the rings matter a lot to a lot of people. No, I'm talking about the logo, though. Does it really matter that he's got seven rings, that he has to be the logo because of seven rings? I, I think it's more Charles the, Haley got five. Jerry true. Rice got X amount. Joe Montana. I mean, so when you look at it, I'm looking at the body of every, just everything. I just feel like, though, the way Tom Brady has gotten his rings, because nobody expected Tom Brady to be Tom Brady. 
It wasn't like Tom Brady coming out of Michigan was like the guy or like on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like LeBron was the guy um, or Kobe was the guy, right? To a degree, to a degree. Um, Tom was just Tom. I mean, you go back and you look at the video of him working out. You're like, that's that's the greatest player of all time in the NFL. He he would be a choice. I just think. I just think that it's Jim Brown. I've never seen Jim Brown play live, obviously, because yeah, I wasn't yeah. around then. But I know a lot about the history of Jim Brown. And so, and I've never seen Jerry West play live. But I know a lot about the history of Jerry West. And so when I look at that, I think that, to me, deserves logo versus the new age and where we're at now. So here's what I would say real quick. Obviously, this is not a serious discussion, but I would hedge against Brady. I, I, list, I agree everything with Jay said. I would hedge against Brady just because he's so polarizing, and I think you need a unifying figure to be the logo of a league. I also think it's kind of weird that like Coach K and Bill Self are currently like in the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame and they're coaching. I think if you do it, and I know this is a frivolous topic because it's not up for consideration, I do think I'd like to see somebody earn that honor after they're done. But here's the reason mm. I would see Jim Brown. The one thing that football has always been built on, and by the way, to your point, Jim Brown played nine seasons in the NFL. He last played in an NFL game in 1965. He played for the Browns from 1957 to 1965. To Key's point, nearly 50 years later, he's still a team ambassador. So that does say something. He stood the test of time. The one thing that the NFL has always been built on, but because of everything that's going on today in 2021 with concussions and CTE, the one thing the league has always been built on, whether it wants to hedge away from this just to a small degree, hockey doesn't want fights, and NASCAR doesn't want you to focus on the crashes. The bottom line is people love the NFL because of the toughness, the toughness and the violence in the sport. And Jim Brown is emblematic of the toughness more than any player in the league. Remember, they didn't have the foam in the helmets back then. They didn't have the green dot in the radio. They didn't have, you know, pads the way they do today. He played in an era where toughness was tough. I mean, let's be honest. If we brought back, you got jacked up. If we brought that back, people would love it because the toughness is what people love about football. So he embodied that more than anybody. So I want to check out that movie too, One Night in Miami, because that's that talks oh, about. I haven't seen it oh, yet. Yeah. You should also check out The fire. Dirty Dozen. He like he said he was a prolific actor. The Dirty Dozen, probably the most famous movie Jim Brown has ever. It was so fire though. Yeah. Check that out. Okay. A lot check of a lot out. of. A lot of one night in Miami give you a lot of history about everything, including Sam Cooke. Mm. Indeed. C-O-O-K-E, if you're looking it up, right? <laughs> Get Sports Center guy. Got to make sure. You look it up, Sam Cooke, you got to put the E on the end. He's a legend. Okay, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Damn we'll Zubin. take your calls throughout the rest of the morning. Key and I are on Jim, uh, Jim Brown, and uh, Jay is with uh, Tom I'm Brady. I'm with Jim Brown. I'm just making a case for Tom Brady, right. too. Hard to argue that one for sure. A little more NFL talk, modern day version. And we're going to do this couple teams a day until we run through all 32. I think if you're a Lions fan, I know, I know. Can we stop talking about the worst case scenario? It's been like that for 30 years. But it does appear there could be some optimism on the horizon. Michael Rothstein covers the team every day for ESPN, and he joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, Mike, right out of the gate, what is the best case scenario this offseason for the Detroit Lions? Best case scenario is... They figure out what they're going to be able to do at seven by trading down. They get even more picks to help build for the future. They find out maybe through a virtual spring or training camp that Jared Goff can be more the quarterback that he was in 2017-2018 in Los Angeles than he was the last two seasons. So they maybe have a solution there instead of a stopgap bridge. And they accelerate their rebuild because of that. Yes, indeed. Some would say the best-case scenario has already happened if, indeed, golf turns out to be what they hope. What's the worst-case scenario? 
Well, I know you joked about 30 years. It's probably been about 60 since they've won one playoff game and have never made to a Super Bowl. So worst-case scenario is Jared Goff, which it centers around that, ends up being kind of the quarterback he was last season. And they need to address quarterback either this year or next year. They don't really have a worst-worst-case scenario because they know they're in a rebuild. So I think everything centers around golf and, you know, the other worst case scenario is that one of the building blocks that they do have gets hurt in some sort of significant way. And you never obviously want to wish that on anybody, but that would to me be the worst case scenario. I don't think there's a win loss worst case scenario for them this year because everybody understands what they're trying to do to finally build sustained success for the first time, probably since Wayne Fonts and Barry Sanders and Herman Moore. Wow. wow. How likely is it that the Lions draft a QB in the first round this year? You know, listen, two months ago, I would have said probably likely, even if they still have Matthew Stafford on the roster. Now I think that they have some flexibility because of the unknown that is Jared Goff and the understanding that there is going to be this multi-year project. And I think right now, if you're looking at it, right, this is a quarterback-heavy draft at the top. If you're at seven, do you want to take the fourth-best quarterback on the board, the fifth-best quarterback, if you're not in love with that quarterback? I don't think the Lions want to do that. They have holes everywhere on their roster, like literally every position except for punter. So basically, you don't necessarily have to do it. And I think the fact that they have extra first-round picks in 2022, 2023, you do have Jared Goff. And the fact that if they can trade back, because maybe there is a team between 8 and 19 that loves a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones or a Justin Fields, if any of those three are there, that can offer them more flexibility. So I don't mm-hmm. think they have to by any stretch of the imagination. I think that they can take the best player available, whether that's on offense or on defense, and be happy with that because they need help everywhere. It's fair enough. Like you say, 60 years ago, Bobby Lane ain't walking through that door. Also before Key's time, legendary quarterback. Michael Rothstein, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Mike. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Okay, this, has, this team has a ton of holes to fill. We've mentioned it before. They have a new head coach. They have a new OC, Anthony Lynn. They have a new quarterback in Jared Goff. They have a new general manager in Brad Holmes. Even the voice at the top of the organization of the Ford family is changing a little bit. It's a complete, <laughs> Van Gundy told us not to use this word, but it's a complete culture change now for the <laughs> Detroit Lions. Oh, culture change. Culture change, yeah. Well, I would say that the way that they have done things in the offseason certainly says that they're going in a different direction, Zubin, right? And when you look at Jared Goff at the quarterback spot and kind of knowing Dan Campbell, Campbell as an ex-teammate of mine and how he has uh, grown up in the coaching world and who he was groomed by, they're going to run the football, they're going to bite a few kneecaps off, and they're going to play tough defense, and they're going to allow Jared Goff to throw the ball and not make any mistakes when he's doing it. Explosive plays a recipe for success in the National Football League. Not 40 times in the air, none of that. I mean, you might see him do that if they're behind once or twice during the season, but this is a quarterback that will be very efficient um, and will not turn the ball over, something that he's been doing or he did in Los Angeles for a number of games that they're going to take the ball out of his hands and rely on playing tough, Detroit style, that Midwest football. Although it's not outdoors, it's indoors, but they're going to play that style. I, I do not draft a quarterback if I'm the Detroit Lions. I, I, I get a starter or I trade down. 
Um, I, I think you have to surround Jared Goff with some pieces. Their defense obviously needs pieces. Could that be Mika, Mika Parsons? He could be a guy that could be available at that position. Um, I, look, you have minimum two years with him. So I, I think Jared Goff, this team is on the right way. I think you need pieces to surround these guys. Look, the general manager who was the head of college scouting, give me his name, Zubin. Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes, who was the head of college scouting for the Los Angeles Rams, St. Louis Rams, moving to L.A., became the Los Angeles Rams, has a track record of identifying the college prospects and drafting well when he was with the Rams. So I don't think that that's going to change. At least it, it should change the fact that he's taking his recipe to Detroit. Hmm. When you think about Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, um, you, who else? Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley. You think about Everett and Reynolds. You just think about some of the key pieces. Akers. Over the, Cam Akers, the yep. key pieces over the Rams of the last several years. He was involved, heavily involved you know, the way it works in scouting, he was the final check piece on the college sign-offs before the general manager and the head coach makes the decision. Mm. So yeah. his track record speaks for itself. Jay brought up an interesting point with Michael Parsons. One thing you always have to think about, we'll get into Michael, this as we sorry. get closer to the draft, is like when guys opt out, you just sort of look at them a little bit differently. Like Caleb Farley, Michael Parsons, you just sort of wonder how you evaluate them in a year unlike any other. And that'll be interesting, especially for a guy like Holmes, to your point, who has brought so many great, talented guys to the board. On the way, the one team that controls the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, and it's not the Texans.